Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. Excuse me, to 10 o'clock tonight before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up in about 27 minutes or so, our pal Law Murray set to join the program. He covers the L.A. Clippers and the NBA for the Athletic, and it's obviously timely to have Law Murray on. As we got some big-time news via the association. Starting tomorrow at about 6 p.m. Eastern time, teams can officially start talking to free agents, and there are a couple of guys that are going to be available. James Harden and Kyrie Irving. We'll talk about it more when else lead line. For our top story in other news, news more news, the biggest breaking news story this town has ever seen. Linnell's lead line. All right, let's get to it. So the news that broke first, let's go in order. Kyrie Irving, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, set to meet with the Phoenix Suns when free agency opens up tomorrow. Now there are reports coming out yesterday that the market for Kyrie Irving just was not as robust as some may have been describing it as. Now, Kyrie Irving is a free agent after being traded to the Dallas Mavericks at the trade deadline last year. Dallas can offer him the most money. I believe he's eligible to sign a five-year, $270 million max extension with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, from a basketball standpoint, There has been doubts all along as to whether or not Kyrie Irving would want to play next to Luka Doncic. The problem is, from a financial standpoint, Kyrie Irving can't get five for 270 anywhere else. And in terms of potential landing spots where Kyrie Irving would be able to be properly compensated, They're not ready to win and contend. The top teams right now in the NBA in terms of cap space, number one, 
is the Houston Rockets. And we know Kyrie Irving would not be interested to go into Houston. Kyrie Irving wants to be in a championship situation, which is why the rumor of him meeting with the Phoenix Suns doesn't sound all that crazy to me. Now, I understand Phoenix essentially would be only able to offer Irving the veterans minimum. I know a lot of folks out there are like, hell no, no way Kyrie Irving plays for the veterans minimum next year. See, the one thing that I think we're forgetting is these NBA franchises and these capologists and these front office execs are very, very smart people, very creative people at that in terms of roster building. You got to be. So the idea, to me, of Kyrie Irving being in Phoenix and making top dollars still, there's only really one way that can happen. And it would go against everything Phoenix had said to this point, including a couple of hours ago earlier today at Bradley Beal's introductory press conference that we're talking up DeAndre Ayton. Can you not envision a scenario where we see a potential sign-in trade between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks where Dallas signs Kyrie Irving to a multi-year extension and then deals him to the Phoenix Suns and it would send DeAndre Ayton to Dallas. Now, the Mavericks have been super active in terms of beefing up their front court this offseason. The number 10 overall pick, Derek Lively, the second out of Duke. They go with him. I think he walks in as their starting center from day one. They were able to acquire Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento Kings. So they're trying to beef up their front court. Adding DeAndre Ayton, though, changes the game for that group. It completely does. The question is, though, is Phoenix as interested in Kyrie Irving as Kyrie Irving is in Phoenix? That's the big question right now in terms of this Kyrie Irving situation. Now, depending on who you talk to, though, there are some folks out there that are 110% calling Kyrie Irving's bluff, saying that, look, Kyrie Irving is going to meet with other teams but it isn't because he's interested in signing with other teams. It is a leverage, a leverage point for him. Because I think there is some doubt in terms of Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks as to whether or not they're comfortable giving Kyrie Irving that type of extension. How could you blame him? How could you blame them? Kyrie Irving has developed the reputation over the past two or three seasons as being the most unreliable basketball player in the sport whether it's his off-the-court antics. I don't want to call them antics because it's really just him speaking his mind and speaking what he believes in. Whether it's that, whether it's him forcing his way out of a location, Kyrie Irving, after this team, talking about Brooklyn, got off to a hell of a start last year, there was a point in time in which Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant had the Nets at 18-2 and when those two were in the lineup. Yet, because Brooklyn wasn't willing to meet his financial demands, he requested a trade. If Kyrie goes to Phoenix or anywhere that's considered a contender on a veterans minimum deal or, or he gets the mid-level exception, who's to say that when things go south, Kyrie Irving won't want to force his way out of the trade deadline? See, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because this is the conversations that are being had amongst executives across the NBA. No one trusts Kyrie Irving. And the sad part about all of this is it has nothing to do with Kyrie Irving's talent. 
It has nothing to do with Kyrie Irving's ability as a basketball player. Because that, that is undeniable, right? Probably going to go down as the most skilled ball handler that we've ever seen. Outside of Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving will go down as the most skilled ball handler that this game has ever seen. I don't think there's much of a debate with that. The numbers for Kyrie Irving are really, really difficult to argue with. They just are. How many guys walking around the association have averaged 27 points per game for the past five seasons? Not a lot. Not a lot. But the frustrating thing about Kyrie Irving, which I just touched on, is he's never available. And we saw what happened when they tried to build the super team in Brooklyn. Health ended up being the thing that took this group out. I'll tell you this, though. For all of the Kyrie Irving haters out there, for all of the folks out there who wouldn't, who can't trust Kyrie Irving and feel like he would be toxic for their organization, for all the folks that feel that way, there's a contingent of folks led by myself, I might add, that feel like if somehow, some way, if somehow, some way, the Phoenix Suns ended up with Kyrie Irving and they didn't have to move off of DeAndre Ayton and they roll out a starting five of Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton, who in the hell is stopping them? Who is stopping that group from punching their ticket to the finals next year? And everything we continue to hear is, oh, financially, they don't, they don't have flexibility. How are they going to fill out the rest of their roster? Do y'all remember what happened in, what was that, 2012 when LeBron James decided to take his talents to South Beach? Him, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Remember the same conversations we were having about that group? How are they going to fill out their roster? Veterans, I keep saying this. I sound like a broken record. The Phoenix Suns all of a sudden become the premier destination for veterans looking to win a championship. Because see, with this new CBA, the middle tier of free agents is kind of getting squeezed down. So I think those middle tier of free agents are going to lose money because owners aren't willing to kick out big cash. And it's going to cause some of them to fall through the cracks and end up signing with championship ready-made teams like the Phoenix Suns, like the LA Lakers, like the Denver Nuggets. It is going to be a whirlwind of the next 48 to 72 hours in the NBA. Tomorrow night, starting at 6 o'clock Eastern time, teams can officially start talking to free agents. The rumor out there right now is that Kyrie Irving is expected to take a meeting in Los Angeles with the Phoenix Suns. Now, Lindsey John, you put in a proposed three-team deal that would allow Kyrie Irving to get to Phoenix and make the bag still. It'd be Kyrie Irving um, to the Suns, DeAndre Ayton to the Pacers. So a three-team deal. Yeah. And uh, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to the Mavericks. Wow. Pacers would get DeAndre Ayton. See, the reason I have an issue with this deal is because if I'm Indiana, what do I get out of this? Yeah, I th- the- I'm downgrading at my center spot. I think Miles Turner is a better player than, than DeAndre Ayton. I think that's kind of de- – I think it's debatable, but um... – if you remember last year, Indiana tried to get DeAndre Ayton and then Phoenix matched him. So that's and why. And then it ended up signing Turner to a two-year, $60 yeah. million dollar deal. So I do agree with that. I do think there's room for interpretation in terms of 
who's the better player between Miles Turner and DeAndre Ayton. But you know who's the big winner in this trade? Not the Phoenix Suns, it's the Dallas Mavericks. If Dallas is able to add DeAndre, excuse me, Miles Turner to that front court with Derek Lively, with Rashawn Holmes, and then you add a shooter in Buddy Heald, how can you be angry at that? How can you be angry at that? We were talking about this a couple nights on a couple nights ago on overtime. There are certain teams in the NBA that I feel like the pressure is on them heading into next year. The Dallas Mavericks are one of them. If they go through another season in which Luka Doncic fails to make the postseason, how much longer do you think Luka's willing to tolerate losing in Dallas before he decides, you know what, get me out of here? Because it seems like in today's culture of NBA, stars forcing their way out of town is a much more common thing than not. Now, from a basketball standpoint, I was I forgot who I was going back and forth with earlier on Twitter about this. I don't even think it's much of a debate. If Kyrie Irving ends up in Phoenix, like I said, and they don't have to participate in the three-team deal and give up DeAndre Ayton, please tell me who is stopping the starting five of Kyrie, Beal, Booker, Durant, and Ayton. Injuries, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Injuries, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. Injuries is a very valid point that you make. Because when you look at Kyrie Irving's track record, Kyrie Irving hasn't played 70 games since 2016. He also hasn't been part of a winning basketball for seven years. KD huh? also has injury concerns. Devin Booker now has injury concerns, and so does Beal. And DeAndre Aiden has a bad attitude, and they have no depth. The one thing I will say that alleviates my concerns as far as those stars are concerned, the reason those dudes have had injury problems is because their usage in the past couple of seasons has been higher than anything you can imagine. With those guys now joining forces, I think each of them has to do a little bit less in the hope, if you're Phoenix, is that that allows you to stay healthy enough to sustain a postseason run. That's the hope, because obviously this isn't, they didn't, they're not acquiring Bradley Beal. They're not thinking about going after Kyrie Irving to make it to the Western Conference Finals. This is a championship-level move. One thing that we were talking about earlier on the phone, John, that I wanted to hit on here, from a legacy standpoint, if Kevin Durant gets this to happen and he doesn't win the finals, what type of conversations are we having about him moving forward in terms of his greatness? Hell, forget Kyrie Irving. Forget Kyrie Irving. Because I still think with Booker, with Beal, with Aiton, with Durant, championships are bust, right? Finals are bust, right? That has to be the mentality for that group moving forward. And if they don't, then what happens? You see, the tricky thing about the new collective bargaining agreement that Phoenix has just completely stuck a middle finger to is that that team is now going to be that team for the next three or four years. It becomes very difficult to try to move off of contracts in the new CBA when you've locked in financially to four guys the way that they have in Beal, Booker, Aiton, and Durant. It's going to make for a very interesting summer. And it all gets kicked off tomorrow. Six o'clock Eastern time is when NBA teams can officially start negotiating with free agents. One player that we thought was going to end up being a free agent was 76ers guard James Harden. He said not so fast. He opted into his $36 million player option earlier today. What are the potential ramifications of that move? I'll tell you next on The Fan.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Overtime here on 1067 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey apps. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with it till wow. Well, we just got just got a little bit of breaking news. So we will hear from both parties in terms of the news we're about to talk about now. Uh, the LA Clippers. Well, actually, let me let ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski break it down for you further. James Harden, Philadelphia Sixers. Guard opting into his $36 million player option with the thought from both parties that a trade eventually is going to go down. Here's Walsh with the latest. And what it means is that James Harden has likely played his last game in Philadelphia less than two years after forcing his way to the Sixers in a trade from Brooklyn. $35.5 million he opts into, uh, and now he's available to be traded and the Sixers have already started to talk to teams around the league about a James Harden deal. Uh, but this was essentially James Harden looking out into free agency if he had declined that player option and not seeing perhaps the long-term, the kind of long-term commitment he wanted from the Sixers mm. or perhaps another team. Houston had been a team where there had been a mutual interest and the Rockets have over $60 million in cap space, uh, but their focus has been elsewhere. Uh, in free agency, and I think for James Harden, his best chance to be on a contending team this year was to opt in and find a trade, but I think it's his expectation and also the Sixers 
that they're going to find a trade. We'll see how long that. Wow. ESPN's Asia Wojnarowski with the latest on James Harden. Like I said, both sides understanding now with James opting in, he's not going to spend his final year in Philly. They are going to work together to facilitate a trade. And the team that's being rumored right now, as I pull up ESPN's trade machine, <laughs> the team that's being rumored right now to be the leader in the clubhouse to acquire the services uh, of James Harden is the LA Clippers. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm stunned by it for a couple of reasons. From a basketball standpoint, I think it makes perfect sense. But it ultimately depends on what LA is going to have to give up in return to acquire James Harden. Now, the first thing people immediately started to assume when we were talking about a trade between Philadelphia and LA was the idea of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George potentially coming over uh, to Philadelphia. I don't mean to break anyone's hearts. There's no chance in hell that that happens. It's not going to happen, right? So when we talk about some potential fits in terms of a trade, right? Matching salary becomes difficult here. But I think there's a couple of guys that make sense. Marcus Morris is from Philadelphia. I think he makes sense. He's got a $16 million contract. I think... Maybe the combination of Bones Highland, Robert Covington has played in Philadelphia before. Norman Powell is someone who played in Toronto with new Sixers head coach Nick Nurse. So that potentially makes some sense. But it's going to be difficult. And that's why I think Woj was using the tone that he was using. There isn't a whole bunch of suitors that make a ton of sense. And... In terms of what the Clippers have to offer, if I'm Philadelphia, it's got to make sense for me. But what I now think happens, since Philly is clearly moving off of James Harden, they've still got to do something at the point guard position. I don't think folks are sold on the idea of Tyrese Maxey being ready to take control yet. So what about the idea of maybe Philadelphia using this newfound cap space to maybe go after former Raptors guard, Fred Van Vliet. Is that something that Nick Nurse slams the table for? Is that something that Nick Nurse goes to Daryl Morey and says, look, I must have this if we're going to reach the championship heights that you have set for us? Which is why I said, ladies and gentlemen, the next 48 to 72 hours are going to be bet you know what crazy. Another name that I thought about in terms of what, L.A. could give out for James Harden. We mentioned Norman Powell. We mentioned Marcus Morris. We threw in Robert Covington. Financially, no one else really makes sense. Unless we throw in veteran Nick Batum. And I'm not sure that moves the needle. Bottom line is, this is going to be whoever ends up acquiring James Harden. This isn't going to be an easy trade to facilitate. Because you have to abide by the financial restrictions of this thing. But in terms of a basketball fit, if they can somehow make it work, I think it's a no-brainer from the Clippers. We talked about the Clippers last night here on Overtime. They are the most mysterious franchise in all of basketball right now. Because realistically speaking, if you were like a real executive and real general manager, 
that was looking towards the future. First of all, the Clippers do not have draft capital really until like 2028. I may be looking to blow it up if I was L.A. I'd be looking to move on from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and see if I can get picks back and tear this thing down. Because I was looking at the Clippers before today's news like, look, what avenue do they really have to get better? I love the thought of Russell Westbrook being on that team. But financially, I think Russell Westbrook may be out of the Clippers price range in terms of what he's going to get on the open market. Teams like Chicago are going to be hot on Russell Westbrook. Houston, I think, may ultimately be interested in Russell Westbrook. So, in terms of, like, the outlook of the Clippers moving forward, it, it is uh, it's interesting, to say the least, and it kind of feels like it kind of feels like this is a team that if it doesn't work out in the first half of the season for the L.A. Clippers with their new-look roster, however it looks, maybe they're a team that ends up being sellers at the deadline and tries to get off of some of these big-time contracts. It's so crazy how we've gotten at this point, though, in terms of the L.A. Clippers. When Kawhi Leonard and Paul George first got to L.A., was there not an assumption that they were going to be the championship favorites that year? And as Lindsey John astutely put, health sometimes is the big needle mover in terms of whether or not a team can live up to their expectations. I don't know, though, man. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Like I said, the next 48 hours in the association is going to be bedlam. Uh, joining us next to help us break it all down is our pal Law Murray. He covers the L.A. Clippers and the entirety of the NBA for The Athletic. We'll get his thoughts on what's next for the Clippers and can they realistically facilitate a James Harden trade. All that and more next with Law Murray here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.
Oh, yeah. Buckle up. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey apps. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight before we hand things off to the JR Sport Brief. I'll wait no longer, man. Joining us right now via the BetQL guest hotline is our pal Law Murray, who covers the L.A. Clippers and the entirety of the NBA for The Athletic. You can Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Law Murray, the NU. Law, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, um, staying inside today. <laughs> now, is that because of the weather or you're, or you're just... Oh, it's beautiful outside, I'm sure. Okay. That's just because... I, I can't mean, confirm that, but, you know... Because <laughs> you haven't been outside yet today. Well, look, safe, obviously... Safe assumption, you know? Yeah, obviously, Law, we, we brought you on to discuss the big rumor that broke about an hour and a half ago, according to multiple outlets, James Harden opting in to his $36 million player option with the Sixers with the hopes of the two finding a trade partner in the two teams that have been linked, the New York Knicks and your L.A. Clippers. And I believe we haven't talked about this exact scenario, Law, but you were alluding to it. The Clippers had to make something shake this offseason because their future kind of seems bleak. I wouldn't say not I wouldn't bleak, say but bleak. Like they they have they have a high ceiling and a low floor. Yeah. Um we we've seen them approach that low floor, considering who they brought to the team in twenty nineteen, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You absolutely would not have imagined that that team would fail to win a playoff series in back to back years while those guys are on the roster, but that's what has happened. Um those guys have one year left on their deals. Uh, they have a player option in 2024. The team is moving into a brand new arena in 2024. So those guys are really good. They're good individually. Yeah. <laughs> they're good collectively. But on the flip side, something has happened in every year where they've fallen short of making the NBA Finals. Kawhi hasn't played in a conference finals for the Clippers. And Paul hasn't played in a playoff game at all uh, the last two years. So you're at the point where do you know that there's unrealized potential. Will you get there? And how do you get there? Those things are in flux right now. Even if this James Harden deal doesn't go through law, the reason I said what I said about the future of the Clippers, like, like you alluded to, before you know it, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George may not be on this roster anymore. Do you see a scenario in which this Harden deal doesn't happen and then maybe they hit the reset button. I know we've talked about this before. Because of their lack of draft capital moving forward, it's kind of like we they, they want to win with this group, obviously. You don't want to bring these two guys together for nothing. But at what point do they look themselves in the mirror and go, you know what, man, it probably makes sense to try to restart. But I know, obviously, the stadium and the new arena – Obviously, it's in the back of their mind. You don't want to be into a, a rebuild as you move into your new place, which is why I said, look, the future of the Clippers is is murky, is how I'll describe it. Yeah, I don't see a scenario where they break those two guys up prematurely, even if this trade doesn't go through. And, and look, I've already been a part of the trade that didn't go through with this team last week. Yeah. So right. <laughs> that's not exactly, you know, a far-fetched resolution. Like, we've seen trades get very close to the finish line with what the Clippers are trying to do and for one reason or another not 
push it through. That being, I mean, you can even go back to February. The Clippers were in on Kyrie Irving. They were willing to give up some pieces for Kyrie Irving that would have hurt. And they didn't get Kyrie Irving, you know. Fortunately for them, they they pivoted to Russell Westbrook. It's always going to be, for me, I don't think it's going to be one extreme or the other. Getting a guy, some of the guys that the Clippers have considered or even have had play for them have been relatively extreme on the plus end. But this team can't tank. Like, you're not pairing up lottery picks here. Like, what what lottery picks are you getting in the short term that are going to be valuable for the players that Kawhi and Paul are at this stage of their careers? It's not happening. You know what I mean? Like, right. you, you're going to trade those guys to a team that has valuable lottery picks because they're bad? No, like, because... Those picks in the short term, they might be good, but the teams that would be trading those picks aren't good good enough to consider a deal like that. Right. And then on the flip side, like if you trade them for first round picks to teams that aren't that good, I mean, that's just come on now. Like yeah. <laughs> you're 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 not rebuilding with mid first round picks. Because right. that's what we're talking about. Like what like there's no team that you're trading those guys to that helps you with short-term draft picks, period. So this team, if they get James, if they don't get James, I think that it behooves everybody, considering the lack of long-term stability right now, uh, it behooves them to take their best shots with the stars, even if those stars are going into the last year of their deals. Yeah, it's going to make for a very interesting situation moving forward. On the James Harden front law, what is realistically a package that L.A. could offer? I know from a financial standpoint, you obviously look at Norman Powell, you look at Marcus Morris, you look at Batum, and we know Norman Powell has some history with the new Sixers head coach, uh, Nick Nurse. What do you think the Clippers have to offer? Well, it's a matter of who has the leverage. Uh, James has a great relationship with Daryl Morey. If James is out, I think that relationship is going to play a role in what happens. And Daryl can say, hey, we need to make a deal that suits the interests of the team. That's his job. He's also in a city where if anyone recognizes that dude on the street, he don't hear about it. You know, right. I think Nick Nurse on the first day of his job found out that Philly media handles things somewhat <laughs> more directly than the Toronto, no, no restricted Toronto media. It's yeah. just different, you know, Toronto hockey town, uh, Philadelphia hockey town, but with basketball interests that are a lot more prudent, if you will. Yeah. So Daryl can't make a, a bad deal and think no one's going to notice. Oh, yeah. it, people will notice. So I think Norman Powell's a really good player. Marcus Morris Sr. is a player who is a vet. He can shoot. He would be really good playing with Joel. He'd really be valuable if he were coming off the bench. Yeah. I think that he's at a point in his career where uh, I think he would just be satisfied with a, a clear and concise role. Um, I don't think those two players alone gets it done. I think that a younger player is going to be required for the Clippers to complete the straight. Like, I don't think you trade because when you trade James Harden from the sister standpoint, you're not just trading James Harden. You're trading the number one pick of the 2016 NBA draft in Ben Simmons. Yeah. (laughs) That is something that people need to understand. Like you only had James for 
basically two seasons, two 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 playoff runs, right? The yeah. guy that they traded for is was the second best player on the number one seed in the conference just two years ago. That's a big thing here. So you got to make a trade that, and you have the MVP in, in Joel Embiid. You have to give your new head coach Nick Nurse a chance. So yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I, I think if if something has to happen. It's going to require both teams making the sacrifice. Philadelphia's already make, made a sacrifice. Um, they, they're in a position where they got to trade a dude who's going to opt in. Um, and so you got to give something to get something up. I've said right. that often when it comes to the Wizards and what they've been dealing with. And I think we're in, in, in that point now uh, for the Clippers. Yeah, it's going to be tough sled moving forward for both of these both of these parties to make a deal happen. We're joined right now via the BetQL guest hotline by our pal Law Murray, who covers the Clippers and the NBA for The Athletic. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. And Law Murray, the NU. I want to talk about the other possible destination for James Harden that has been rumored, uh, that being the New York Knicks. From an asset standpoint, and this is why I think what you brought up in terms of leverage is important, because if I'm Daryl Morey and company, I mean, I'm training James Harden to a place that I'm going to get the best assets back in return. I think in terms of New York versus L.A., I think the Knicks are clearly the better suitor, right? If you're if you're the Sixers, you're not trying to trade that dude to New York. And James doesn't want to go to New York. He's from Phil, he's from L.A. Yeah, like those are big factors here. Going to if you're the Sixers, tr- you're still trying to win here. So. Trading him to the West helps you because it eliminates the chances of a dude like that playing a role in how the playoff seeding goes. Yeah. Like, nothing. The only thing that matters from East to West when it comes to two teams in a conference uh, scenario is who might get home court advantage in a prospective NBA Finals. That's so far down the line. Right. Like. The Sixers would probably throw a parade just to make it to the conference finals. Okay. Right. I know how that's like. I cover a team here where <laughs> that was the case, you know? So if you trade him, you're competing with him in the regular season. You're competing with him before the conference finals, potentially you're competing for him for a spot in your top eight in your conference. Like that is huge. So the Sixers should not want to make a deal with New York. And James is, again, if you ask him in a vacuum, he'd rather go to L.A. Here's the other thing. The Knicks struck gold with the signing of Jalen Brunson, yes. a left-handed ball-handling guard. <laughs> what is James Harden? Right. A left-handed ball-handling guard, okay? A guy who is better on the ball than off the ball. Jalen Brunson is better on the ball than off the ball. As good as Jalen Brunson was next to Luka Doncic, he blossomed. He blossomed last year when he didn't have to play with Luka. He blossomed when he started the playoffs last year and Luka was not ready to start the playoffs against the Utah Jazz last year. Okay. All of those are factors. So look, Philly might find some players that they want to bring back, but those players won't include Jalen Brunson. And I doubt they would include uh, Julius Randle. So the Knicks aren't that talented. They're not that deep. How much better would the Knicks offer be? than an offer that the Philadelphia uh, that the LA Clippers present. I'm dubious about that. Yeah. So we'll mm. see how long this draws out, but there are multiple reasons why the Sixers should want to try and get something done with the Clippers as opposed to the Knicks. 
All right, Law, we'll keep you, we'll keep tabs on you as this thing continues to play itself out. Any big time splashes you're expecting tomorrow night in the first wave of free agency? Not really. Um, to be honest with you, as it relates to the as it relates to the six uh, to the to the Clippers, like I'm obviously looking at what happens with Russell Westbrook. I've reported today that I don't think that he's in a rush to make a decision. There's going to be some decisions. Uh, legal tampering or, um, part of free agency is always funny. So right. <laughs> I'm very interested to see who drops that right at when the clock starts. Um, I'm not sure that the Clippers are going to be one of those teams. So um, I'm more, I'm more paying attention to what happens right before then and what our second wave of free agency looks like uh, after the first uh, several hours. All right, man. Fireworks expected, not with the Clippers, but across the entirety of the association law. I appreciate you giving us some time, my friend. All right, thank you. That is Law Murray, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Law Murray, the NU, for the latest on the L.A. Clippers, including whether or not they end up acquiring the services of James Harden. And according to Law, seems like the Clippers are the clear-cut better fit in terms of New York versus L.A. And he made a bevy of good points. And I honestly, I didn't forget that James Harden was from L.A., but I kind of forgot the relationship that exists between him and the Sixers GM, Daryl Morey. It's about appeasing your star. And we talked about this last night with the Damian Lillard situation in Portland. Sometimes front offices feel the need to do right by a guy, and I think that's what we're seeing happen here in Philadelphia with the Sixers. Daryl Morey and company trying to do right by James Harden because at the end of the day, if I'm the Sixers, I'm trading him to wherever I get the best deal from, and not just on paper, I, I can't see how the Clippers are coming up with the best deal for James Harden. Speaking of big-time deals, the Wizards shipped Bradley Beal out west last week. He spoke earlier this afternoon for the first time in his new Phoenix Suns threads. What did the longtime Wizard have to say about his departure from D.C.? We'll let you hear that next as the fan. A lot of big-time information we just got from our pal, Law Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic, giving us the latest on a potential James Harden to L.A. deal. And we'll continue to talk about the big-time NBA news as the show rolls on here. We're waiting word on Keith Pompey, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He is expected to join us at some point uh, during the 8 o'clock hour, and he has been all over this James Harden thing from its get-go. And the facts about this situation have changed completely. We've got another update. 
This is from about 10, 15 minutes ago with Sham Sarnia of The Athletic giving us the latest on James Harden and a potential new suitor for his services has emerged. Take a listen. James Harden has decided to opt into his $35.6 million contract for next season, but now him and the 76ers will work on a trade of the 10-time All-Star out of Philadelphia. And when you look at the landscape around the league, the Clippers and Heat are expected to emerge in this process for Harden, I'm told. And teams across the league that I've spoken to understand that a player like Harden of his caliber will likely reach a preferred destination, especially when you look at how his exit from Houston went a couple of years ago. And so the 76er and Harden before he reaches free agency on Friday will now look at a potential trade out of Philadelphia. And the 76ers, from what I'm told, have already begun the process of negotiating and discussing Harden deals with other teams. James Harden has decided to opt into his $35.6 million. So it's the latest on James Harden and the new suitor that has seemingly emerged in this process is the Miami Heat. Now, makes a ton of sense for Miami. I know there was a lot of speculation that they were going to be waiting patiently for a potential Damian Lillard trade to arise. This seems more like it in terms of what Pat Riley and company's next steps may be. I don't know when we're going to get a resolution to Damian Lillard. This seems like something that they could have happen now. And the ticket and the cost for James Harden may not be that much because you're only getting him for one season. So I know the trade negotiating maestro that Pat Riley is. I can't see I can't see the, the Sixers finessing the heat in the trade like this. What Law Murray brought up, I think, was a great point. We still have yet to figure out in this situation whether it's Harden or Philadelphia that has the leverage. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that matters. And it seems like Philadelphia's got the leverage. Because think about how we got here. James Harden has been begging and pleading and trying to get a long-term deal done with Philadelphia. Daryl Morey and company, throughout the entirety of this process, have been reluctant to do so. And I understand James Harden is looking for a four-year, five-year deal. Four years from now, James Harden will be entering his age 37 season. If you've watched James Harden the past two seasons, I think it's safe to say his best basketball is probably behind him. Not saying that he stinks. I still think he's a valuable member of a basketball team at this point. It's just from a value standpoint, when you're looking into the future in terms of James Harden, like how much longer are you going to have with him? And he's not extension eligible because he opted into the deal. So he can't get traded to Miami and then sign a long-term deal. So if you're Miami from a negotiating standpoint, how much do you really got to give up to acquire James Harden? Because guess what? He's probably going to be a free agent next summer anyway. So I got the trade machine back up. And from a salary standpoint, it makes a lot much more sense for them to try to do a deal with Miami, because they have the salaries to match. It's pretty pretty simple as to how this would work. I don't think you would have to give up Tyler Hero in this scenario for a couple of different reasons. One, like I said, James Harden, you're only getting one year of James Harden, so there is no long-term security with him. So That, to me, lowers the asking price 
that Philadelphia should have. The one guy that makes sense financially, and I think he helps him on the basketball floor, is Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. Now, if you put those two in a deal, and you just straight up go Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson for James Harden, financially, financially, the trade... The trade still doesn't work. Wow, I'm, I'm live on radio here using the trade machine. Probably not a great idea. But you get what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to make it make sense in terms of him going to Miami. But financially, it doesn't seem like it makes sense right now. Yeah, well, I know you said maybe they wouldn't trade Hero. But if they did, you could trade Hero and Caleb Martin, which is, would be $34 million for $35 million. Do you so get what I'm saying, though? On. That just doesn't seem... Realistic. The asking price for James Harden, because it is a one-year rental, cannot be astronomical. If it was just, if this was 30-year-old James Harden that just was fresh off an MVP with the Rockets, you're talking about nine first-round picks potentially being moved. You're moving mountains to try to acquire his services. But him being where he's at in his career and then not having any type of security of the contract moving forward, like, I don't, I don't know how much his value really is, or how much value he really has. What about Lowry, Caleb Martin, and a first-rounder? Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like Philadelphia is hell-bent on moving him, and it seems like they're going to take back whatever the hell they get. Like I said, when in terms of the Damian Lillard deal, I don't understand why Daryl Morey is trying to appease James Harden especially after he kind of screwed him over in the postseason by not playing worth a damn. I'd be, I'd make no second guesses and no second decisions about where I'm trading James Harden. I'm trading him to the best possible suitor. See, the one thing that gets lost in professional sports, relationships are obviously important. But at some point, Daryl Morey got a job, right? They just fired Doc Rivers. Daryl Morey is on the clock in Philadelphia. He must put together a championship roster around Joel Embiid, or he's going to be gone. So the Sixers are in what I like to call basketball hell because I don't see a realistic avenue to how they improve this team from last year. And I get frustrated when I talk about Philly because Joel Embiid is so freaking talented. So freaking talented. He should be enough to carry that team. You shouldn't have to put two or three stars around him. Look at Denver. Nikola Jokic has one legit co-star. That's Jamal Murray. Last year, with James Harden being on the roster, alongside Maxie and Tobias Harris, it should have been enough to get that group over the top. But this is a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think Joel Embiid is the type of guy you can win a championship with. I don't think he can be the best player on a championship team. Straight up. It's just how I feel. We're on pivot here. Coming up in the next segment, top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll continue our conversation surrounding the NBA. We will hear from Keith Pompey, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's set to join us at about 825 or so. When we come back, though, I teased it going into the last break. We'll do it for real this time. Bradley Beal speaking to the Phoenix media for the first time. He was introduced today. He had some very interesting comments on how his time in D.C., ultimately went. We'll let you hear from Brad Beal next. This is the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.